Oil and gas, climate funding, dominate debate at COP27 in Egypt. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. INM Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. All the speakers at COP27 in Egypt agree that Africa contributes the least to global carbon emissions and that it is among the most vulnerable to climate disasters. A report released by Climate Policy Initiative finds that Africa needs about $2.8 trillion, about $250 billion US dollars each year between 2020 and 2030 to implement its nationally determined contributions. In this episode, we highlight excerpts from day one of COP27 happening in Egypt. Former U.S. Vice President and Chairman of Climate Reality Project Albert Gore speaks on the support for easier access to finance by African countries. We are all here today because we continue to use the thin blue shell of atmosphere surrounding our planet as an open sewer. Today, as every day, we are spewing 162 million tons of man-made heat-trapping global warming pollution into the sky. It adds up and accumulates and lingers there. On average, each molecule lingers 100 years, and the accumulated amount now traps as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every day on our planet. That's why we're seeing these disasters. And the pattern is very clear. It's getting steadily worse. We have a credibility problem, all of us. We're talking, and we're starting to act, but we're not doing enough. It is a choice to continue this pattern of destructive behavior. We know that tragically, across the nations of Africa, these impacts are even worse, and in the Pacific Islands and elsewhere, and the poor suffer the most. The late Archbishop Desmond Tutu said climate change is the apartheid of our time. We are now in the early stages of a sustainability revolution that has the magnitude of the industrial revolution and the speed of the digital revolution. If we invest in it and stop subsidizing the culture of death, we can save ourselves. Dollar for dollar, each dollar spent in renewable energy creates three times as many jobs as dollars spent in fossil energy. And this sustainability revolution is massively deflationary at just the time when the world is trying to find new ways to battle inflation. The International Energy Agency has called solar energy the cheapest energy in the entire history of the world. And Africa can be the renewable energy superpower. Africa has 40% of the entire world's global potential for renewables. The potential for solar and wind in Africa is 400 times larger than their total fossil fuel reserves. And these are real possibilities. This is not pie in the sky. If you look at all of the new electricity generation installed worldwide last year, 90% of it was renewable because it is cheaper almost everywhere. And in two years, it will be cheaper in 100% of the world. But it is not enough to simply increase our support for clean energy if we are simultaneously backtracking on our commitments against developing and financing fossil fuels. 
At a time of turbulence in the global energy markets, the wealthy nations of the world should not confuse the short term with the long term and should not be fooled by the absolute need to backfill the shortage of fossil energy caused by the uh, cruel and uh, evil war launched by Russia in Ukraine as an excuse for locking in long-term commitments to even more dependence and addiction on fossil fuels. We have to move beyond the era of fossil fuel colonialism. And that's what it is. The dash for gas in Africa is a dash for gas to be sent to wealthy countries. We have to remove the barriers to the trillions needed for climate finance. And the scale of what is needed can only be provided by the private sector. I support governments paying money for loss and damage and adaptation. But let's be very clear that that's a matter of billions or tens of billions. We need four and a half trillion dollars per year to make this transition. And that can only come by unlocking private access to private capital. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. South Africa has been awarded 497 million US dollars by the World Bank to convert one of its old coal-fired power plants. The continent's leading industrial power still gets 80% of its electricity from coal, a pillar of the South African economy employing nearly 100,000 people. But the country is plagued by continuous power cuts, with debt-laden state-owned ESCOM unable to produce enough electricity, with aging facilities that, on average, 41 years old and poorly maintained. The funding in form of loans and a grant will be used to convert the Komati power plant in the northern province of Mpumalanga. The plant was shut down on Monday after more than 60 years of operation. The plant, which had nine generating units, consumed up to 12,000 tons of coal daily and produced twice as much electricity as the country's existing plants when it was completed. South Africa last year secured 8.5 billion US dollars in loans and grants from a group of rich countries to finance the transition to greener alternatives. Tense negotiations on how the money should be spent are due to start ahead of COP27. According to the World Bank, the country needs at least 500 billion US dollars to achieve carbon neutrality by 2050. Kenya has signed a deal with Congo-based renewable energy firm Fortesk Future Industries, FFI, in a major effort to replace imported polluting fertilizer. The deal was reached on the sidelines of the ongoing COP27, witnessed by President William Ruto and the executive chairman of Fortesk, Andrew Forrest. The agreement will fast-track Kenya's development in unaffordable green fertilizer supply chain and other green hydrogen-based industries and its derivatives. Under the argument, FFI and Kenya will work together to build by 2025 a 300-megawatt capacity generation green ammonia and green fertilizer facility. And a quick look at the markets. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index rose about 0.2% to close at 69,439 after a volatile session on Monday following a recovery in shares of tech companies and resource-linked companies. By contrast, retailers plunged and industrials remained in negative territory. Meanwhile, waning optimism about easing COVID-19 policies in China and portrait data from the world's second-largest economy raised concerns over the global economic outlook. Traders now await a key U.S. inflation report due later in the week for clues about the Fed's policy direction. On the domestic front, South Africa and its investment partners launched an $8.5 billion plan to shift from coal to its green energy 
at the COP27 Climate Summit in Egypt. The Just Energy Transition Investment Plan for South Africa targets 7.6 billion US dollars being invested in electricity infrastructure, 700 million US dollars in developing green hydrogen projects, and 200 million dollars in an electric vehicle industry over the next five years. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial. And you can find me at With a Dog.